The Secret Ingredient, Chapter 1, Sunday, Wizards, Grace and the Cup Quackery. My phone rang, but I missed the call. Listening to the message, I was surprised to hear it was Grace Starling. What was more surprising was the tremor of fear I heard in her voice. She wasn't in my circle of friends, but I knew of her. She was one of the older teachers in the Annapolis spiritual community. She taught meditation, dream dwelling, and astral projection, and held silent retreats where consciously imbibed hallucinogens were taken with the goal of traveling the cosmic realms. It was said that she had something under her hat, a strange spiritual thought construct that others found hard to paraphrase. Safe to say she was an outlier, both generally speaking and for her generation. The voicemail was striking and wherever she was, the service was spotty. I couldn't hear the whole thing. The point seemed to be that there was a conspiracy against her. People after her, maybe. They wanted her dead because of what she claimed were the revelatory new insights she had. She needed my help. She asked me to meet her in a public place, suggesting Wizard's Heavenly Cupcake Confectionery. Her urgency moved me, so I texted right back and offered to meet her at 3 o'clock that day. I remember the date like Sailor Jerry himself had tattooed it on my bicep. It was October 25th, 2020, right after the first pandemic. Everyone was still masking and distancing. As I walked towards the cupcakery, it occurred to me that she must know me a little better than I thought since she suggested wizards. Apparently she had done her research and knew my love language, or perhaps she was psychic. My thoughts came in a barrage. I wondered why me? How can I help? I'm a cupcake reviewing TikToker, a student of social media marketing, and a lover of baked goods. And to be honest, a woman without a real job, while constantly reminding myself that this was just temporary. I won't lie, I was languishing in a transitional state. At the same time, I tried to imagine what she meant by her insight, who they were, and what kind of conspiracy there could possibly be. I doubted it was all true. I'd never heard of a spiritual revelation that was tied to a conspiracy unless it was something to do with a cult. I was reminded of when my grandma took too much Ativan and misinterpreted an interaction with the mail carrier. Maybe in her old age, Grace was getting confused. It was probably nothing. This is the story of how wrong I was. guessing. What she couldn't have known was that I spent my days scheming to get Wizard's cupcake recipe. There was something special in those little cakes. I had pursued several different avenues to figure it out, like googling recipes, reading cookbooks, watching cupcake making videos, and stopping by frequently for taste tests. I even befriended past and present Wizard employees, all for the sake of discovering what it was, but no luck. His employees were all in the dark because he made the batter early in the morning before anyone woke up. When he went on vacation, he'd whip it up ahead of time and freeze it. There were policies in place to protect the list of ingredients. He guarded the secret with his life. My grand vision was to get the recipe, open a kitchen, and start an online delivery service. Then I would sell them by making TikToks, and that would earn me enough money to travel the world visiting bakeries, and then I could write reviews. I was willing to pay for the information, but it wasn't for sale. 
Instead, I was visiting wizards practically twice a week. Attesting to the popularity of the delicacies, franchises popped up in both the eastern and western adjacent towns. The problem was, neither one produced cupcakes anywhere nearly as delicious, renowned, or popular as his shop downtown. I discovered these bakeries were run by his sister, who either didn't know the secret or wasn't as meticulous. The Annapolis store was simply better. It was something about the basic cake, the texture, the taste, the mouthfeel. They were all different. I started to think that it came down to a single ingredient. As I plotted over the years, my strategies to acquire the recipe grew increasingly more desperate. I thought of doing something psychophantic for the wizard that would compel him to pay me back or to peek in the bakery windows in the wee hours of the morning or hack into his establishment's network to search for recipe files. It became an obsession and I rationalized that I might have to steal to get it. I was almost at the shop so my focus shifted on what to order. It was easy. My heart was set on an old familiar favorite. It was not just any ordinary cupcake. I was craving the very cherry pie, their red velvet chocolate cake in the polka dotted paper cup covered with a thin layer of white fondant and smothered in creamy whipped topping. Baked and buried within was an itty bitty cherry pie with a mini weave top crust. When I arrived, there was a lot of outdoor seating and most of it occupied and a long line around the building. I got in the line, everyone six feet apart, and looked around for Grace. In my peripherals, I saw a commotion around one of the tables, and it seemed like people were a little more crowded and closer than they were supposed to be. Through a space between the people, there was Grace sitting back regaling the crowd with a story that appeared to need a lot about body language. I waited, knowing I'd be standing there for a while anyway, and it wasn't long before she noticed me. After a few minutes, she pointed me out to her friends and excused herself, making a beeline towards me. Greeting me warmly, she joined me in the line. Sarah, how are you? This cupcake shop is nothing less than heaven on earth. I couldn't place her accent. It was a little British and a little Long Island, or maybe a lot of affectation. It had a pleasant lilt, one I thought I could listen to all day, which turned out to be a good thing. I agreed with her heartily. Just look at this crowd. And as she spoke, she swung her arm out theatrically. It swept past some of the people in her immediate vicinity and backhanded this passing guy's arm. He had just purchased his treat and it was precariously perched on his plate as he walked back to his table. The smack landed firmly on his elbow, causing the cupcake to tip and wobble off its perch, turn a full 180 degrees in the air, and plop icing side down on the ground. Oh my days, she gasped. What a klutz. That splatting sound startled me, and I snapped back to a childhood memory from when I was about 11, reading words spoken by Mrs. Whatsit in Madeleine Leango's novel, A Wrinkle in Time. She said, there is such a thing as a tesseract. I had a tiny inkling that something magical, maybe a little science fiction-y was about to happen. I wondered what she wanted to tell me that was so urgent and awful. A wizard's assistant came running over with a dustpan to gather up the mess and replace the man's cupcake while Grace shook her head profusely and apologized. 
The guy, the assistant, and the others who were in the line all told her to forget about it. We moved up a step closer to the window. Once we got there, we looked through the glass to see the cupcake display on the wizard's wall. He had 12 main flavor combinations with 30 variations of each combo. 360 degrees of cupcakes, so many choices. It was a veritable smorgasbord of variety. I ordered my heart's desire as planned and look forward to the conversation. Dangerous Ideas of the Atlantean Insight As we sat in the fresh air at the round outdoor table, she thanked me for meeting with her so quickly and said, Don't worry, I'm vaccinated. I was going to leave tomorrow to drive across country, so I thought I didn't have much time. Now my plans have changed, but I figured we might as well still get together. I have two or three things I want to talk about. But first, how are you? What's up with you? I've never been one for small talk when there are things to be said. Plus, I didn't know her well enough to tell her about my tragic job loss, my most recent breakup, or to provide an update on my friends and family. I dove in. Nothing's up here except for I'm very curious about you. What's going on? Oh, you get to the point quickly. That's good, she observed. Oh, I didn't think you'd want the depressing story about me losing my job. I laughed. Pause. She looked concerned. I was super interested in knowing what I had to do with her, so without missing a beat, I asked again, so what happened? Okay, in a nutshell, I discovered this new spiritual idea. I'm calling it, you know, the Atlantean Insight. However, there are, um, how do you say, some people who are not too happy about it. And it's serious because they're bad guys. It's also serious because now is the time to get this information to the world. Oh, do tell, I said, getting more intrigued by the second. Well, the first insight was correct. We need to get to a critical mass of people who understand, and we were almost there, but then the pandemic came along and took so many of our living wise ones. All right, I said, but I'm getting lost already. Your voicemail is muddled. Can you start from the beginning? I mean, how do you know these people? Who are they? And why are they mad? And what are these insights? Okay, listen, do you remember the book, The Celestine Prophecy? It was written by James Redfield. Well, I had heard of it, but I hadn't read it. I shook my head no. I'm way too young to have read every spiritual blockbuster written in the 90s. Well, that's okay. Let's get into some background. So as we sipped coffee and ate absolutely outstanding cupcakes, she quickly summed up the premise of The Celestine Prophecy. She said it was one of the most popular and best-selling spiritual books of the early days of the Harmonic Convergence, a time period of spiritual transformation and awakening between 1987 and 2012. Published in 1993, it was a typical mystery that included raucous adventure and exotic travel. The twist was that within this story, a set of esoteric spiritual teachings were presented. It was couched in terms of chapters in a manuscript that was discovered in Peru, and each chapter unfolded a new spiritual revelation. I ate the thickly frosted cupcake. I drank and loved the coffee with its hazelnut creamer, and I took it all in. The spiritual teachings in the book are called insights, and there are nine of them. 
The first insight is that so many people are waking up to synchronicity and cosmic coincidence that it's starting to be something in our society. Like life is unfolding perfectly and it's easy to see this in retrospect, but when we're in the moment, we're not quite so aware. There's an energetic force that underlies all the connections and coincidences. The more we're open to it, the more it happens. A certain number of people, more than we have now, need to wake up, thus stimulating a consciousness shift for everyone. Cool, I said. I thought about how frequently I noticed 1111 on the clock. My friends mentioned that they were having the same kind of experiences with 333 or seeing the numbers in their birthday come up. They're called angel numbers, but nobody knows what it's supposed to mean. But the downside, she continued, is that people still don't know much, if anything, about the force. No one says through the whole manuscript where the force comes from. What makes the synchronicity happen? Or rather, who makes it happen? If it's God, then where did God come from? Without knowing the origin of the force, then how can we know what God really is? I asked. Exactly, she answered. That's the question that the Atlantean insight answers. See, my insight is a meta-insight that overarches all the others. We keep hearing more and more about this energy force, or in other words, God, or whatever you want to call that which creates the world, but no one has the answers. The last insight in the book predicted we'd be further along in a place of new and heightened consciousness than we are. Oops, humanity, she chuckled. Right. The good news is that I'm sure I've discovered what it is and where it comes from. And it's so miraculous, unchanging, loving, and intelligent. I'm ready to share this information more broadly. Well, everywhere, especially to the spiritual teachers. Before the mysteries and symbols are suppressed and lost again. And next time, it could be for a long, long time. So you're saying a book with New Age insights was absorbed by the spiritual community. The promise of a brighter future was presented, but the ending didn't happen like it was supposed to because the source of the force has never been discovered? Yes, and the reason is, but you've discovered it, and it's time for you to tell everyone the ins and outs of God? This was baffling. That's right. Just know that when the insights were presented, they were interpreted within the boundaries of that time's beliefs and knowledge. There's been a shift since then. Seeing a new way to approach a world, one with a hint of mystery in it, was enticing. I only believed what science knows, but was intrigued to hear how she had found a way to see beyond that limitation. I got stuck back on what she said about symbols, multitasking as usual, thinking while listening. There are symbols, like the Masonic symbols or the I Ching? Sort of. They're real-life images. For example, a blazing fireplace in a deserted home. They were lost because various authors reworded them after they were originally intuited. But more on that later. The Atlantean insight tells us where the force comes from and how God is created and creates. If you take science and extrapolate it, What's the word for that? I can't remember. Anyway, it stays within those boundaries. And because we now know the origin of the force, it can be further dissected and defined. And that is how the world is formed. The insight tells us how to get into the details of the force and define it in all its easy-to-love pieces. But if the manuscript is just a construct in a novel, where did the original insights come from? 
Are they actually relevant to the real world? Well, yes, they are. The insights are part of humanity's cultural archetypes. They're found innately in our symbolism. They're alluded to in the ancient classics. And as with any discipline, spirituality has many facets. Many of the insights in the Celestine prophecy are time-honored and respected spiritual beliefs. I must have had a puzzled look because she said, you'll see what I mean. The meta insight comes from something so natural and constant that it's been missed. It's a simple idea, but many branches stem from it. So it's best to approach it methodically to make it easier to get and assimilate. It's old, but it's new. So there's that hurdle. Well, really, there are several hurdles, but when presented in the proper order, they are just small, surmountable, rolling hills of obstacles. Okay, I'm in. I want to learn. I wondered if it could really be as complicated as she made it sound. Right, so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you in person, because I'm hoping you'll help me with my internet marketing. But to do that, you'll need to get what I'm saying about the old and new insights, so we'll have to spend some time together. I want to pay you for your time, so we need to talk about that. Wow, that made it even better. Since I'd lost my job, I had plenty of time. Something part-time would tide me over. I had already started to see the futility of earning a living by posting on TikTok. I want the right people to hear the ideas, and I don't want to create arguments, confusion, or, you know, hate. Have you thought about who's your market? Well, yes. I mean, you're the type that could benefit from learning from this. Your age is easy to teach. This is for the younger generation, for people about the age of my grandchildren, the ones that are spiritual and intelligent, you know, thinkers. She looked at me with what I recognized as hope. It struck me that this was her life's work. She was probably in her late 70s and her face was wrinkled but soft and wise. She also had a sweet and endearing rosy cheek smile. I liked being with her and was appalled that she was being harassed. I couldn't imagine who in their right mind would bully an octogenarian who was obviously as benign as she was. Fanatical money-making conspiracy theorists. So what about the bad guys? I asked. She immediately lowered her voice and looked around her. She was a little more apprehensive about it than I expected, but also determined to share. Here's what. I was commenting on a silly TikTok I saw. I'm one of your friends on that app, by the way. Anyway, it was a joke, but I didn't know it. I thought it was something serious, a young person making a spiritual comment about how time is just a construct. Now I hear this all the time and it's ridiculous. I had to jump in and set things straight. Time is real. Here's how it's created. But really, it was just a comedian making a joke about the pandemic and the slow passing of time. She paused, looking at me for my reaction. Uh Uh-huh, I prompted. The next thing I know, this whole thing started. Everyone was saying I was stupid and calling me a Karen and an old boomer. And I guess that's what led to people watching my videos. What? Karen? You couldn't be less of a Karen. So pathetic, the name calling on the web. But to use an actual name that people have, it was disgusting. But okay, she also used TikTok as a marketing medium. That was a good sign. They seized on something that I said in my videos that didn't align with their beliefs and started trolling me. 
And of course, what I said flew in the face of their leader, you know who, I guess, I guess it really irked them. A bunch of them, who all seemed connected in the first place, started acting like I was their enemy. But who are they? Do you know? Not really. In my mind, I call them the CTs for conspiracy theorists. I think the smarter ones see me as someone who's going to eradicate the theories that make them so much money. And wouldn't it be nice if I am? Her passion and grit were stirring. What I didn't know at first is that there's a gang of conmen who have purposely started false conspiracies for the money. If you mess with them, you get attacked online. People threatening you to try to shut you up and ruin your reputation. It's actually a little bit culty. Is that what happened to you? Exactly. And it was on two fronts. The other thing started innocuously. See, I'm a member of lots of progressive groups on Facebook. Some of my friends are for some pretty far-flung environs. About a year ago, I saw posts about QAnon, and I tried to understand it. I gave it the benefit of the doubt, you know, just reading and assessing, not being judgmental or supportive. And I asked one of the posting guys an innocent question about something I read. Okay, I had a feeling I knew where this was going. Right, and this guy, Will, called me up using that messenger app. He didn't want to explain what he thought. He just referred me to his videos, wanting me to watch them, and then ask him any questions I had. Oh boy. I watched a little, and it was a bunch of conspiracies linked together. I had already heard about some of them from reading the news and researching it. I get the appeal. It's a little scary, like if it were true, someone needs to do something. It's also mysterious, like putting a puzzle together. It's a way to feel a part of what's really going on behind the scenes and a way to make things better. But it feeds on fear. Because the information is received on the download, it makes it seem more legitimate and spicier. But I couldn't understand why Will wanted me to follow him. Uh, money? I suggested. Gosh, you're savvier than me. I didn't get that far. I'm sure it's my outlook because I hardly care about money at my age. I have what I have, enough to get by. But I do, however, want to change the world. Okay, bet. In any case, you might think that people who believe in these wacky theories are like the gun-toting, burly ones driving in convoys on the beltway, waving their flags. But he was more like a nerd. Oh, sure, there's those types as well. Mind you, I was also holding tightly to my old worldview. I was trying to show him how the truth I know is the real thing. I sought to comfort him into accepting the things that he was experiencing by using my own theories, thinking it would raise his vibration and change the things that he was manifesting around him. But now I wonder if this is even possible. He was obvious about not having the patience to listen to what I was saying. It was like he was a soldier in an army. His only way was to fight against it. He said it is all for the sake of the children. His children? No, he meant all children. Did this just happen? No, it was back in April. He seemed so positive that things would unfold the way he thought they would. He was worried that there were people in the government that were out to track and hurt him. But the predictions were that although they would try, they wouldn't succeed. There was going to be a savior and they thought it was their president, the former you-know-who, of course, who would step in at the nick of time and change the world. Ha! 
And then there was the fact that the pandemic was predicted ahead of time, so he thought it was the work of the deep state, just like QAnon had warned. That convinced him even more that what the leader told him was true. I told him that the truth is the pandemic had been predicted by the scientific community for a while because of the trajectory of past viruses and natural consequences. I know, I know. He tried to convert me, which was a joke, of course. I didn't have to say much to show him how my beliefs clearly prove his are nonsense. Conspiracy is a part of this story, but where it figures in relationship to the rest of this story is the key to the truth. I didn't understand what that last part meant yet, but I didn't want to stop her there. She continued, Will was trying to identify members of the deep state and figure out who QAnon is as well. To be honest, I don't even know what the deep state is, I admitted. Basically, it's people who band together to keep the procedures and policies of the established government in place. They're the bad guys in the eyes of the other bad guys. Oh, okay, I see. He did ask me some questions. I thought I was just helping him to straighten out his thoughts and give order to his life. But in fact, he was no dummy and he understood what I was saying. He was hit hard when he realized my ideas could be the downfall of what he hopes will ultimately be a massive money-making scheme. I wonder why he reached out to you. I heard you teach about manifestation, like our desires manifesting in the people around us. This might sound a little crazy, but do you think there's a part of you who wanted him to believe your beliefs and so you attracted someone like yourself? Oh sure, it's possible, yet he's clearly a follower. If he knew what I knew, he would realize what he thinks isn't the truth. But his groups also seized on what I've been posting and started harassing me, she said, shaking her head. A noise behind her against the corner of the building distracted me. I looked over and saw a large puddle hosting a family of five ducks, a mother, a father, and three of their cute little babies. A little girl had just gone up to them with a crust of bread and was doling out the pieces. The parent ducks were shooing the babies away for safety while grabbing the pieces with their beaks and quacking loudly. Perhaps they thought this ruckus would protect their little ones, but instead it drew attention to them. So much activity for such a puddle, I mused. She looked behind her and smiled. So those symbols you mentioned, I said. Right. Funny you would mention that because there is one of them right there, a duck pond and its brood. There are a set of symbols called the Sabians. There's one for each perspective of every day. Some people use them to understand themselves better by meditating and focusing on them. I don't understand. What are they? They're typically images. Once you see your own unique self in them, you see how others are special too. Hmm. I'll give you a personal example. One of my most personal symbols is a Chinese woman nursing a baby with a message. I found that funny. Even with my limited knowledge of her, I laughed and asked, so who's the messenger, the woman or the baby? Well, obviously somebody has something to say, but by saying nursing, the appearance symbolism is related to providing nourishment and nurturance. So good question, is it the woman or the baby? The baby is symbolic of what is created by me, I suppose. If I'm the woman, the message is like breast milk. It nurtures those who are meant to partake of it. It's clearly from my deepest being. But why is she Chinese? 
I think that's symbolic of a foreign or different outlook, she posited. I didn't understand much of that point, like where they came from or how this came to be one of her personal symbols, but eventually the answers came. They did pique my curiosity. So they're called the Sabians? That's it. If you want to see the full set, you can go to my website by month and by day. The ones on my site are the originals, but people change the wording over the years, mostly to match their own interpretations, so you might find them in other places with different wording. That's why I say they're lost. You really can't change the wording without losing the magic that comes with them because they were psychically channeled. Really? I'll tell you more later, but keep in mind that they exist and that they can be unpacked to know yourself better. Okay, but getting back to the bad guys, Will must have been surprised to hear you have your own theory that proves his is wrong. Did you remind him that the world is not the doing of some evil overlord after all? Yes, and after that, he and his gang troll the comment section of my videos mercilessly. Between his group and the other people that I alienated on TikTok, a large percentage of my video comments got ugly. And then my content lost its value in my eyes. I had finally gained a bunch of followers and couldn't tell whose side they were on. I didn't want the good ones to be influenced by all the ridiculous things I was being accused of either. Sure, of course not, I said. So I deleted all my videos and here I am, ready to start fresh. The only problem is, I feel like they know where they can find me, if they really do want to hurt me. Aw, oh, hun, they're probably full of it, I said. I can't believe they're going to chase you down. I don't know, Sarah. You really didn't need to take everything down. We could have worked with what you had, but what's done is done. No, it's been bad. You really wouldn't believe what they wrote. They want me to go away permanently, to kill me. I had heard about these kind of people before, so I tried to offer some reassurance that they typically stay behind their screens. It's fine, we could just start you over again, I said. If only I had stated my ideas more clearly. I can't just tell half the story. It's about order, so it needs to be presented in the proper chronology. I'll help with that, I told her. I was confident that once I understood what she wanted to say, I would be able to organize her thoughts and hopefully help her ideas go viral. This is a whole gang with plots and bad intentions, Sarah. There's money to be made from spreading their titillating tales. You know the magazines at the grocery store checkout and how they're all about the things that the mainstream media don't write about? There's a serotonin release or some sort of chemical thing that happens in the brain for people when they read these alarming things. I knew people glommed onto these ideas. They purchased t-shirts and flags and hats and set up a whole identity around them. So I got it. When you start taking money away from the mafioso, they'll send their posse after you, I said. That's exactly what concerns me, she said. I also worry that the insight will set people up with unrealistic beliefs that only work for some. The explanation needs to be really clear so folks can see how individualized it is and that so everyone can benefit. It's better if you and I start out slowly. I was ready with bells on. A cross-country journey. I changed the subject. So what happened to your trip? Why aren't you going? Oh, it's a shame, Grace said. 
I was all set to drive out there with my friend Doris, and she called me a few hours ago to tell me she can't go. Oh no, what's up with that? I asked. Well, last night, she was standing on a stepladder to pull her suitcase down from the top closet shelf. She said that out of nowhere, her golden retriever Dunlap ran around the corner, chasing her kitty. The cat ran under the bottom rung of the ladder, and Dunlap ran smack into it, causing her to wobble off and fall hard onto the tile. She had to go to the ER. Turns out she's practically broken her ankle, strained it so bad that she has to use crutches. Plus, she's in so much pain she can't press the accelerator for the hours we would need to if she were doing any driving. Gosh, what a drag. That puts a wrench in the plans. Truly does. Why were you going out there in the first place? There's a couple of workshops at a conference in California that I've been asked to give. A lot of my friends are going to be there too. In fact, all along the drive, I planned on seeing people I know, stopping there and here at some of my favorite places. Well, you should still go, of course. I don't really know what to do. I want to go, but at this rate, I don't know how I would get there. Why? When is it? In a week. I'm supposed to speak next Sunday. Well, gosh, can't you just fly out there for a couple days? Me personally would love the opportunity to see friends and network, I encouraged. Oh no, I'm loath to fly at this point. Lots of people all stuff into a tiny space. I love to travel. Not only that, but I had no reason to stay in Annapolis. I was still making TikToks, sort of, and engaging with my fans, but my inspiration was waning without new stimuli. I was pressed with how I was supposed to present a variety of reviews when I was limited to the Baltimore-Washington metropolitan area. You might be wondering how many cupcakeries are even in this area, and I can answer that. There are 23 shops dedicated exclusively to cupcakes within a 40-mile radius of me. I had been to all of them. I also knew a trip would be an opportunity to move away from the lonely memories of the pandemic that had invaded my psyche like a hairy dog's fur littering the floor, piling up along the baseboards and in the corners of my home. I was beginning to come up with a plan. Grace, how are your driving skills? I asked. I'd say I'm a good driver, she said. Doris and I planned to split it 50-50. Listen, this might seem a little impulsive, so feel free to say no. But how about if you and I drive out there together, I ventured. As soon as I asked, the vibe between us shifted and there was a palpable tingling in the air. It had probably already occurred to her. She paused about three seconds before saying, Yes, that would be perfect. How soon can you leave? As soon as you want, I said, instantly juiced. Okay, well, I was planning to leave tomorrow morning. Is that too soon? No, sounds amazing. I quickly calculated less than 12 hours to get my act together. Despite the short notice, it struck me how perfect the timing was. The chances that I would get an offer like this at the exact same time in my life when I could pick up and go were slim. I sensed it could be the beginning of a beautiful new life as a full-blown traveling cupcake reviewer. I wondered how many different cupcakes I would try and how many reviews the trip would reap. Plus, it was going to be so much fun. Then she said she would pay me. The deal was sealed. Seemed like it was more than a coincidence. 
After further discussion, we decided to take her car as was already planned. I would fly back after the convention. She was going to stay out there and visit her friends in Mount Shasta. From there, someone she knew wanted to come back to the East Coast so they would drive together when the time was right. She had even more flexibility than I did. I was stoked. Out of nowhere, there was a much better future ahead of me thanks to Grace. She must have also felt a new lease on life. I was hoping that I would be able to absorb all the things she needed to tell me so that I could help her. Sage of Sweetness in the Flesh Just as I was thinking I had better get a move on, one more lucky thing happened. The owner of the cupcake shop himself stepped out from inside the shop. He was an ancient and radiant Asian man with a sweet charm. His skin was wizened and translucent. His eyes gleamed knowingly and his step was light, belying his age. He reminded me of Yoda, only his ears were long lengthwise, not horizontally. I knew he and Grace were friends, so when it appeared that he was heading towards us, I nudged her and quietly asked if she would introduce us. Sure enough, he came over to say hello. When he got to the table, she said, Kiyoshi, how great to see you. Your bakery looks like it's doing wonderful business. He greeted her with an affable warmth. Hello, Gracie. So good to see you here. It really is. Can I introduce Sarah, my new friend? And Sarah, this is Kiyoshi. I said, Kiyoshi, what a pleasure. I've heard a lot about you. And I had. It was true. Besides his phenomenally famous cupcakes. He was also well known in Annapolis as the local sage since he ran the meetup group on spirituality and consciousness where Grace taught. Plus he was frequently in our area newspaper as a champion for the disadvantaged. I knew he had won awards for his service-minded community projects. The foremost on my mind was what was inside his cupcakes. Getting to know and meet him was a key step towards my mission. There was some chit-chat between the three of us, but it didn't get me any closer to my goal. I casually asked him what made his cake so good, and he casually responded in his peaceful manner that he knew what he was doing when he mixed the batter. I knew then that it was too soon to find out. Grace told him about the trip that we were going to take across country. It reminded me I needed to get home. I gathered my things and stood up. So I'll be over tomorrow morning around 4.30 a.m., I told Grace. Get your car ready to go, and we'll leave when I get there. It's ready already. See you in the morning, she said. I told Kiyoshi what a fan I was and how great it was to meet him. With a big boost of anticipatory energy, I headed off to prepare. Ponderings. As I hightailed at home, I busily imagined how my reviews would affect the popularity of my videos. It was as if a dream was coming true. I checked my email and found that Grace had already forwarded the travel plans. The drive and stops were laid out precisely. The whole trip was 40 hours of driving time, split up over the seven days. The first stop was a cabin in the Cherokee National Forest, about eight hours away. She wrote that if we were going to take a week-long trip across America, then we should have fun, meet people, and get educated. 
there would be some extra time so we could go off route and stop where I wanted to visit. There were a few changes I suggested, just a couple of short detours to stop at cupcake shops. Plus, I had a friend in the same town where she planned to get a hotel. It was shaping up to be a rocking vacay. She also sent some screenshots of the comments on TikTok that worried her. They were worse than I imagined. Death threats and the like. I wondered if she had reached out to the police. I figured I would put it behind me for the time being and figure out more on the trip. My mind pivoted to my favorite topic. It might sound funny, but I had been waiting to review Wizards. I had referenced it in some of my previous videos, mentioning the secret ingredient and saying things like, nope, no secret ingredient in this cupcake, while reviewing other shops. I wanted to wait until I could reveal the secret before doing the review, building suspense in the meantime. Then it would make a real splash when I posted it, hopefully garnering attention by the local media and boosting my account. To be honest, apathy had been plaguing me at that point. Due to the pandemic, my recent posts weren't up to their usual high quality content. My followers were starting to fall off. Some people were getting antsy and referring to other TikTokers on my page. I can't tell you who is fickler than someone who peruses the internet. If they don't like what I say about this cupcake or a particular shop, they'll turn in an instant and run to a new cupcake ambassador. And I'm nothing compared to the cupcake boss, sweet queen one, two, three, and mini tiny cakey. Video artists are a dime a dozen, but that evening when I envisioned the road trip, my fervor for spreading the news about cupcakes was revitalized. My creative juices started bubbling freely again. Later that night, after my packing was done, I had a moment of peace. I decided that it was time to do an initial review of Wizards, even without knowing the secret ingredient. It might have something to do with what Grace had said about Wizards, how it was like being in heaven. It sparked an idea to incorporate that thought into a review. It went like this. Newsflash! Are you ready for two exciting updates? The first is that in the next week, I will be traveling across the U.S. reviewing cupcakeries far and wide. I might even come to a town near you. You'll want to stay tuned for that. Like and follow for more. The second is, ta-da, just what you've been waiting for. I know I've said I was going to wait until I could reveal the secret ingredient, but I don't want to delay this. I'm doing it now. So without further ado, here is the first official review of Wizard's Heavenly Cupcake Confectionery, located in my hometown of Annapolis, Maryland. You've heard that life is like a bowl of cherries or a box of chocolates, but have you heard that a cupcake shop is like heaven on earth? After all, how can a store dedicated to the hawking of small circular bits of decorated cake be anything like heaven? Let me tell you, the shop itself is a pretty pink building with white gingerbread molding surrounded by a picket fence and grand old sycamore trees. There may as well be old St. Peter himself standing at the gate greeting you, keys in hand. There's plenty of outdoor seating, even though there is typically a crowd. With 360 different uniquely decorated cupcakes, there's a cupcake for almost every birthday of the year. The sheer variety of cupcake colors, flavors, styles, and themes is legendary. 
You might even spot a cupcake bordered by billowing white clouds of foamy frosting, decorated with tiny angels outfitted with harps, mouth in the shape of an O caroling. The batter that supports this variety is out of this world. Along with that, the ambiance is a peaceful escape from the daily grind. And speaking of grind, their coffee is five-star quality. Got COVID? I hope not, because you do not want to miss these smells. The aromas of baking candy cane, a whiff of something like cinnamon toast, and the sweetest scent of vanilla will thrill you to your soul. At one point, I smell my second grade birthday party. I do believe if I were in heaven, it would smell like baking sugar. And maybe a hint of caramel, carrot crystallizing, just like at Wizards. If you're ever in Annapolis, make this your first stop so that you can end up in heaven before you even get started. Okay, so you can go check this out under my TikTok handle, Baby Cakes Connoisseur. I thought there was a chance that it would rack up a couple hundred likes over the long haul. I never expected it to go viral for the reasons that it did. Something real. You know how the secret ingredient usually turns out to be love? Well, not this time. Love has its place, and yes, a person should find a little in every sweet thing they encounter. Yet, love is ephemeral, and as for this particular ingredient, I promise it's something real, I mean tangible, and not some carcinogenic emulsifier like carrageenan or agar-agar gum. That which is added to the cupcakes to perfect the texture, flavor the flour, and engage the fat content makes it better than any other cupcake I have ever had. And as a connoisseur, this is something I know. I fell into bed the minute I was done with the prep and the review. As I drifted off, a snippet of my conversation with Grace came to mind. It would be so awesome if there really is a godlike force of personal love and intelligence that could be identified and related to. I wished it could be true more than I believed it could be true. I'm too smart to believe in things that aren't scientific. But what if it too was something real? Grace said it was. I remember once when I was a little girl, I asked my Sunday school teacher, who made God? And she just looked at me blankly. She must have thought I was taking the mickey, but I really wanted to know. That was the first chink in the armor of religion for me. When I think about it, I've always wanted to know the primary force of everything, almost more than I've wanted the secret ingredient. Thank you.